Hey winner, welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I want you to know I appreciate you. Today's guest knows what disappointment and setback look like. She faced both these things multiple times as she embarked on a journey of entrepreneurship. And it wasn't until after multiple trial and errors that she found something that stuck. Her passion and business intersected and her story of defeat and triumph proves that our setbacks can become our comebacks if we don't quit. Her determination and grit brought her to the place she is now, a place where she helps others improve their overall health and fitness and wellness. And I'm guessing now that she's found what she was called to do, it doesn't even really feel like a job to her. Don Hopkins is the founder and president of Inspiritus Yoga, holistic wellness and training centers, an international yoga school and wellness service provider with three training centers. She has been helping people improve their health and wellness since 2002 when she co-purchased a women's fitness franchise. Her love of fitness led her to get certified as a personal trainer and mindful eating coach. With hard work, their franchise grew into one of the most successful in Arizona. Dawn feels honored and blessed to help people find healing, growth, and transformation through various modalities of yoga, holistic wellness programs, mindful eating, yoga teacher training, and continued education. Since she discovered her life's calling, she hasn't worked a day in her life. Dawn lives in Chandler, Arizona with her husband. Their blended family includes three daughters, a son, and a granddaughter. I'm excited for you to hear her story, so let's step into the fire. Welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I'm your host, Gabe Cox, and through this podcast, I'm on a mission to help you step into the fire of refinement so God can mold and transform you into a woman ready to step into your calling and crush your goals his way. I do this by helping you overcome your mental barriers through a faith-based approach of building inner strength and resilience. Each episode, I will bring you thought process, productivity tips, and inspirational stories from everyday people, all so you can live intentionally and move forward confidently with the gifts God has given you. As a running enthusiast, I believe that life is one massive marathon and it's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. Step into the fire with me because I know you will come out stronger. Hey Don, thank you so much for joining me on Red Hot Mindset today. I'm so excited to share your story with the audience. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me, Gabe. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And before we get started, I want to get to know you a little bit better. I want my listeners to get to know you. So do you mind just sharing a little bit about you and your family? Sure. Yeah. So um, I have a family, a blended family of um, four two older daughters and then um, a son and a daughter that are mine biologically. And then I have a grandbaby. Um, so yeah, she's awesome. And we're running the age gamut here. So our oldest is 35 and then all the way down to my son who is 17 and a senior in high school. And then our grandbaby is um, six years old. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun um, with our, our blended family situation coming together. We've, we're all different ages, but everybody gets along really well, and um, we're very blessed in that way, for sure. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, and I know today we're going to be talking about your journey into entrepreneurship and kind of what your struggle victory stories are in there. Uh, can you briefly share just a little bit of the, your story of how you actually entered becoming an entrepreneur? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, it, it's always by necessity, it seems, you know, in one way, shape or form, but I was 
um, in the in the uh, marketing industry, and I was a marketing director, and um, our company was actually um, purchased, and they were going to be moving all of the marketing activities um, to Omaha, Nebraska, and I was not going to Omaha, Nebraska, <laughs> and so I decided to. Um, you know, just do some freelance work on my own. And so I started this little marketing company called Dynamark Consulting. And I ended up working for a lot of the people um, that I worked for originally. They ended up becoming my clients. And um, while I was doing that, um, my brother approached me about um, ownership in a women's fitness franchise. And um, he and his wife had purchased a women's gym in Wisconsin. They were loving it. And he's like, Don, you love marketing, you're, you know, you know how to run a business, um, you love helping people be healthy and well, um, you might want to check this out. And so I did with um, another former employee, uh, we used to work together and we were friends. And I said, hey, you interested in owning a women's gym? And um, we ended up buying one and opening our doors in January of 2002. And so that's where it really all kind of started. I mean, I think the freelance work was probably my entry point, um, but it was like those marketing skills and, and strategies that I um, had done in my previous life um, in corporate America, you know, that I used to help us um, build our business. And we became one of the largest um, fitness, uh, women's fitness franchise. It was um, Curves for Women. It was very popular at the yeah. time. Um, but yeah, we became one of the biggest in the state very quickly, outgrew our space and had to expand. And um, it was a really fun journey. But that's kind of, that was my entry point into entrepreneurship and then um, really into the fitness world. So. Oh, I love that. So did you have any fears or hesitations as you were making the decision to purchase a franchise? Because that's a little different than going out on your own and having your own kind of LLC or small business out of a house or out of a small office. So what was what were some of the thoughts that you had? Yeah, um, well, I think that, you know, it was really encouraging to see the the fact that these gyms were becoming so popular at the time and they were popping up everywhere. I don't know if you remember that time frame at all, but mm -hmm. um, they were showing up all over the place. And um, the fact that, you know, we had, uh, we were part of a larger organization and they were doing marketing and they were, you know, supporting these franchises, I think made it a little less scary, a little less daunting, you know, to, to step out into that world and, um, you know, to own a small business. Um, plus we had a really strong community. So we got to know all of the other, um, uh, owners in the area. And we used to meet with them regularly, share ideas, you know, um, talk through some of the challenges we were having. We became like a little support group for each other. Um, but we learned from each other and we grew together. And so, um, so I think that that was very different than what ended up coming later when I decided to own a business on my own, not a part of a franchise. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it definitely made it easier. Um, but the, the downside of that was that, you know, when the um, housing market kind of fell apart in 2008, um, you know, businesses like ours were, were seriously impacted by that. People weren't spending money. They considered their um, gym memberships to be, you know, discretionary, which I don't, 
I don't believe that to be. I think it's such an important integral part of our health and wellness. But mm -hmm. um, people were just canceling their memberships left and right. And we were in the process of selling, trying to um, go into like different go down different paths. Uh, my, my partner wanted to uh, do more creative stuff and I had fallen in love with yoga and wanted to pursue that full time. And um, we just couldn't give it away, literally. Um, so it was, it was a rough time. But um, other than that, like up until that point in time, um, you know, we did very well. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was really, awesome learning experience for sure. And I think to own a franchise before, you know, you go off on your own, like it, it, it just is a little, there's, you're more bolstered. You have a little bit more support and you have, um, you know, other people who can help you, um, and direct you and, you know, guide you and things like that. So it was a great entry point for me, but yeah, there were, there were some tough lessons along the way. <laughs> for yeah. Sure. Yeah. I can bet. I bet that's true. And I, I remember that time that you're talking mm -hmm. about when everything mm -hmm. crashed. And I do remember curves because I went there once with my mom. My mom was an oh. avid curves person for a while. And yeah. yeah, that is so interesting. And so when that happened, when you stopped that business, did you have any point of frustration and wanting to kind of give up? Or did you kind of uh, bounce right back? And how, how did this idea of starting your own wellness studio come? Yeah, so it kind of overlapped. Um, so while I was, you know, while I owned um, Curves, I had already stuck my foot into the yoga world. And so I was already um, a trained teacher. I was leading classes. Um, I was helping assist with teacher trainings. And I knew that it was something that had, it, it just had such a profound effect on me that I wanted to do that, you know, full time. And so what ended up happening is I actually launched my, um, my original business. My first business was the living well retreats. And so I was offering, um, yoga retreats and wellness retreats and women's retreats, um, overlapping my ownership of curves. And so the very first retreat I ever did was the weekend after we closed our doors at curves. And so I was in the process of like formulating that while curves, you know, while we were exiting curves. And so it overlapped. Um, but, um, you know, it was, it, it was not something I, I thought was sustainable financially initially, because, you know, you can only do so many retreats a year. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I was teaching classes and I was teaching privates and working with private clients and things like that. Um, and like I said, assisting at trainings and, um, you know, it was over time, I was like, I want to do this more regularly, not just, um, in a retreat format. I want to, you know, have a place where people can come and have that same retreat experience, but, um, you know, in their daily lives. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we had the idea that, okay, well, why don't we open a, um, studio? So this is a, a different business partner. Um, and we decided to open a, um, wellness, it was actually a nonprofit wellness ministry. And so we were doing, everything was from a Christ-centered perspective at the time, um, where we were, you know, offering Christ-centered yoga classes, um, different wellness programs, retreats, workshops, 
and um, it was a 501c3. And unfortunately, that particular model wasn't sustainable either. I, I mean, it might have been had she or I had a lot of experience in fundraising, um, but that was what kind of killed us. Like we didn't have that expertise and and it's really hard to sustain a 501c3 if you don't have money coming in, you know? And so um, that, and then my my partner abandoned the business. So we were about two and a half years. And we actually had eight months left on our lease and she abandoned the business. And so um, that was, that was scary. And that was very eye-opening. And, you know, that was a point in time where I was not sure I was going to continue down this entrepreneurial path anymore. You know, I wasn't sure what direction I was going to go in. And um, God has an amazing way of opening doors at just the right time. And that's kind of how it all played out. So, yeah, I love that. So it'll be interesting to hear how much time was between the um, ministry nonprofit to you having a new business. But in that time frame, when you're saying, I wasn't sure I was going to keep going, what were the, I mean, what were some of the mindsets that you might've had to break and some of the thoughts that you were having? Yeah. Um, well, at the time I, at the time that my business fell apart, my marriage had also fallen apart. So I was trying to support two children, um, you know, on very little income, I was actually living off of the sale, the proceeds from the sale of our home. Mm. Um, and so that was kind of what was floating me during that time frame. Um, and the thoughts that were going through my head is like, gosh, I feel like I am called to this work. I'm so passionate about it. I have, I just, you know, when you know you're doing something that is uniquely you that you were destined for and you feel purposed for. Um, and then to see it kind of just blow up, you're like, Whoa, wait a second. Did I get this wrong? Did I miss, you know, misread the, um, the signs that this is what I was supposed to do with my life? Or am I just in the wrong circumstances with the wrong business partner? And, you know, I'm going to come out of this. Okay. Um, and so, you know, those are the things that kind of go through like, oh, wow, did I get this wrong? Am I, am I not supposed to pursue this whole time? Um, and without a shadow of a doubt, it became very clear, very quickly afterward that yes, I was supposed to continue to pursue that. And, um, just, it was a matter of kind of reformulating it, um, and, restructuring things and getting out from underneath a um, brick and mortar leaps um, because that was what was stifling my ability to really grow um, because you're trying to pay for all the overhead and you're paying for other teachers and you're paying for insurance and um, and you can't pay yourself, <laughs> you know, like there's not much left. Mm -hmm. And so um so what ended up happening is I ended up meeting with um, one of the owners of Joyful Yoga. She and I were really good friends. We had been through some trainings together. Um, we opened our businesses around the same time. And I remember sitting down with her just like, literally, it was like cry on, cry on her shoulder and tell her like, oh my gosh, I just don't know what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, how can we help you? And I was like, oh, oh oh, I could operate out of your studio, you know? And so 
I just was like, you guys interested in, you know, bringing my students over and maybe me doing my teacher training programs and other programs out of joyful yoga. And she's like, absolutely. We would love to support you in that. And, um, like I, to this day, I could not have, I, it could not be more grateful, um, to Charlotte and Anita for opening their doors to me, my students, my trainees and my programs. And, um, it's been a really, you know, a really beautiful journey. Um, and that was kind of like the answer to prayer. It was like, oh, now I have a place I can operate out of without having to pay for monthly, you know, rent. And, um, and then I can take the time I need to restructure my programs and my offerings. Um, and, and that's what I did. So, and then I, I relaunched as in spiritish yoga a few years later. So cool. So, and yeah. I want to talk a little bit about what you're doing now, mm-hmm. but I want to have you look back on that journey and what do you do? how do you feel like God prepared you for what you have now? Cause I think it's always like seasons and it's preparation that we don't see, like looking back hindsight's 2020, what did mm-hmm. you, what did you take from that? Yeah. Part of what happened I think is um, I never had the, the self-confidence to believe I could do it alone. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think I always felt I needed to have a partner and that I wasn't enough by myself, you know, Um, and what I ended up doing while I was in the partnership that, that fell apart, um, was I kind of rolled over on all these different ideas I had and all of the ways in which I wanted to bring this, you know, vision to life. Um, it became more about her vision and less about mine and, um, and I didn't stand up for myself in that. And um, I think that I didn't have the the self-confidence at the time to really stay, you know, say, no, this is the vision that I had for this. And you're, you know, we can collaborate and that's great. But, but to let the core values of the business shift and everything kind of shift, um, it, I think that it had to fall apart to come mm-hmm. back together. You know, I think I lost myself. I lost what the original vision for the business was. And um, it wasn't, it had no, it wasn't even recognizable to what I had envisioned by the end. And so um, I think, you know, just trusting myself and that, you know, God gave me these gifts and he gave me, you know, this purpose to fulfill. Um and I had to kind of, it was trusting God with my finances. It was trusting God with my decisions. It was trusting God with the future of this business and, and believing that I can do this alone, you know, mm-hmm. um, with obviously, you know, I have the support of other people and I have a space to utilize and things like that, but no longer was it going to be a business partnership where um, I lost focus of, of what the what the business was going to look like. And so, um, you know, and letting myself off the hook for that, you know, cause I beat myself up for that for a while. Mm. Um, but you know, being able to let yourself off the hook and say, okay, well, I understand why I did that. And, you know, I'm going to give myself some grace here and dust myself off and, 
stand back up again and, you know, rise up and, and then do it the way it was originally um, meant to be. And, you know, the vision that God had originally given to me. So um, it, it was really a kind of a, I had to go through my own internal journey, um, you know, coming into myself more and trusting myself more and, um, and believing that I was really called to do this work and believing what a difference it was making in people's lives and, and letting that be my fuel to move forward. If you are interested in hearing these stories I'm sharing more in depth, you need to pick up a copy of the Lemonade Stand 2 Anthology. This series is a powerful testimony of others willing to step up and share their stories for emotional growth and inspiration. I had the privilege to be a part of Book 2, which is a collective of narratives of true everyday heroes who show you how to stand in your power, find the courage to seek truth, and reveal your authentic self. I wrote the Running For My Life chapter because we need to have more open conversations about mental health. Too many young souls are falling culprits to depression or suicide in this noisy world. I decided it was time to open up and share my story. I dealt with severe depression and anxiety in early adulthood, and through personal development, mentorship, and my deep faith, I was able to take back my life and come off all medications. It's hard to be vulnerable in this area that is usually filled with much shame and guilt, and I didn't want to end up back in that place by drying out all the emotions I knew would come out as I wrote, but I knew it was time. It was time to share the story I've hidden for years in an effort to help and support anyone else who may be dealing with negative thoughts or feelings that are spiraling them down into a dark place. There is hope and light in the midst of darkness. Are you in the midst of a struggle of your own? Pick up a copy of this book to find encouragement, inspiration, and motivation to move forward into your breakthrough. Our stories are meant to be shared. Head to www.redhotmindset.com to snag your signed copy of the Lemonade Stand 2. Hmm, very cool. So as you were doing this work and um, working on the inner self and figuring out where God wanted you, how did you feel like you knew that it was him saying, go to this direction? Did you have any pinpoints of, yes, this is, this is what he wants. It's peace. It's whatever it is. Yeah, that's a litmus test for me always is even if I'm afraid um, and, you know, it is scary. It's scary to step out on in your um, business and, you know, to, I don't know, to even admit like, okay, I, I failed here and I don't really see them as failures. I see them as lessons, but okay. So I have these huge lessons from this business not working out, um, you know, and I now have this additional wisdom and insight that I can utilize and offer. Um, but I, I, you know, I just, I think what happened was just, there were confirmations along the way, you know, like joyful opening their doors to me, my husband, God, God gave him to me in the midst of all of this. And he was one of my yoga students. It's actually part of my, my story that I wrote about in Lemonade Legend, but um, he and I had been friends for years and our relationship started to change. And he's like, there's no way you are not going to do this work. I will do whatever it takes to support you and make sure that this works. And, mm -hmm. um, and so, but that underlying peace in the midst of the storm, you know, like all these things were happening. There were so many unknowns. And then yet there was this kind of 
peace in the midst of it, that peace that transcends understanding, you know, in the midst of it all. Um, and then, you know, just sign after sign after sign, you know, just reaffirmed um, that this was the right path. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I feel like for me, it's peace too. When I'm praying or trying to come up with a decision and, oh man, decisions are hard, but I do feel like if I have peace about it, it's probably right. But it is, mm-hmm. it's like finding that. And can you just give me a sign? I want it right now. And sometimes yeah. it takes years, right? It took you years of try it, fail, adjust. And I love how you call it, not failures, they're lessons, because I think we can learn in the midst of our struggle and our failings and all that to know what to do and how to move forward and to be better and to do better. And I just think that's so cool. So it's interesting to me, you've done all the gamuts, you've worked in corporate, you went out on your own, you had a franchise, you had a brick and mortar own business, and now you're kind of in an online and in-person space. So how has that evolved? What does your business look like now? Yeah. Um, I, so I offer some in-studio classes and workshops and trainings and things, but um, we were already doing stuff online before COVID happened. So Mm -hmm. we were already positioned to be able to quick adjust to this new environment that we all find ourselves in. So that was such a blessing that we were already offering teacher training programs all over the country. We, you know, we we bring people um, to our programs from um, the all over the United States and Canada. Um, I have true two training centers um, <clears throat> in addition to the one I have here, one in Saskatchewan, Canada, and one in Detroit, Michigan. Um, so I have two franchisees, basically licensees of my teacher training program that are running training centers um, there. And so we get people from all over. So we had been doing this for years and suddenly we're like, okay, here we are. We can now, you know, we're, we're positioned to be able to offer things online um, and, you know, offer the in-person stuff. So we have teacher training programs and continuing education programs for teachers. We offer workshops and yoga education programs for students who are interested in in learning more and growing um, in addition to yoga classes. Um, But then I have private services where I do yoga therapy, um, private yoga lessons, um, different kinds of healing therapies and um, Thai yoga massage. I'm a yoga therapist as well. And so I have a lot of different um, tools in my toolkit to help people um, with stress management or healing, or um, even just if they're interested in growing and and learning more about yoga, um, you know, that's something that we can, we can provide. Um, we do, we were doing retreats <laughs> pre-COVID, um, but I've actually done three now virtual retreats um, during COVID. Uh, in fact, I had a mindful eating and yoga retreat last weekend, and um, we had a really nice sized group of people who were all retreating virtually. Um, it's a, it's just a strange new world that we're in, but, um, but luckily um, these programs um, that we offer are 
able to translate into that online environment and, and meet people where they are, you mm -hmm. know, and right now it's meeting people where they are virtually, um, it, but also meeting them where they're at in their, um, in their yoga practice or in their spiritual life. Um, I also teach Bible studies at Risen Savior Church. And so I've been doing that for a long time as part of their women's ministries. And so um, I just love to help support people um, in their faith journeys, but also in their, in their own personal journeys. And yoga for me is such an integral part of, of that because it's a place where you can embody um, your faith and a place where you can embody your, um, you know, that those mind, heart, body, spirit connections in a way that, you know, um, helps you to be the very best version of yourself possible and, um, and get quiet so that you can hear from God and, and know, um, you know, he's with you. And that to me is, it's, transformational when you have those moments with God on your yoga mat and you just, just to even know you're not alone, you know, to know that God is with you. Mm, so true. And I think it takes, it takes practice and intentionality to have those moments, to be quiet <laughs> and to be still and to listen for him, not to like go out of body and whatnot, but to like go here I am. I want to know what you want me to do and where you want me. And I just think that's so powerful and yeah. what you're, you're essentially teaching to other women and men probably. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah, we do get, we do get some men. In fact, my husband, you know, as you know, was one of my yeah. students, but I love that. Um, it's so cool. It's, you know, uh, one of the things that I love about Christ-centered yoga in general is that, you know, we have an opportunity to have this full body worship experience on our yoga mat. And so we're getting healthier mind, heart, body, and spirit, but we're also able to really experience God in a different way because our whole entire self is dedicated to the practice, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, it becomes this, this really beautiful and powerful way of experiencing God of prayer, of worship, of meditation, you know, and, um, just a real embodiment of that experience. Very cool. I love that. So mm -hmm. through all of this, um, and all of your experiences and the struggles that you've gone through, what do you think if you could take away one lesson, cause I'm sure you've learned many, but what would be one of the biggest or greatest lessons that you've learned? Um, to let go and let God. <laughs> I mean, that's just such, you know, it's, it just seems like it's so pithy and people say that all the time, but it's so true because I think when we try to do things our way or do them in our timing or, you know, and, and we try to control it, um, which I think there's one of the other differences gave from my last business iteration to where I'm at now. Um, you know, I, I was trying to do it. I was trying to do it instead of really allowing God mm. to, to drive the bus, you know, and where does he, where do you want this to go? How do you want this to look? And what is my role in it? And, um, so, you know, trusting God more and giving the steering wheel back to him, um, has, has been a huge 
um, transformation for me from my last business iteration to now. Yeah, that's huge. And I'm kind of one who likes to take control too. I have this need for the hand in the pot and, um, you know, bringing on multiple roles when I need to or different things and just almost forgetting that, no, it's not in my control completely. Like doing the actions is in my control, but I want God to have control because that's when we find the most fulfillment. It reminds me of um, Proverbs. I don't remember what exactly it is. Proverbs 16, 9, 9, 16, something like that. But where it talks about we make our plans, but God directs our steps. And it's so true. We still need a plan. We need to do, he can't do anything with us if we're not in motion, but we need to allow him to direct our next step and where we're going to go. And it seems like that's what you did with this last business. Yeah. And I think, you know, holding fast to Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, that God does have good plans and they're not to harm us. They're to give us hope in a future. And I think when I was feeling very discouraged, when my business partnership blew up and I, you know, I was left alone with this business and a lease and not knowing, you know, where to go next or what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, I had to keep coming back to that promise that it's all going to be all right. You know, just trust in me and rededicate it to me. And, you know, and I'll show you the path. I will, I will establish your steps. Like that verse in Proverbs tells us and, um, and, you know, going, okay, <laughs> you know, you're, you're the one in control. And, um, and that, you know, that changes everything because Gabe, like you said, you know, if we're trying to have our hand in everything and control everything. Sometimes we don't leave room for God or leave room for the Holy Spirit to move. And, you know, we're just running ahead of, um, running ahead of God. And, and then we end up falling <laughs> flat on our faces sometimes. Right. Oh yeah. Um, that being said, he's really good to pick us up and repurpose that, you know, nothing is ever wasted. Um, all of those stumblings become lessons and blessings and opportunities to grow if we are, if we're looking for them and if we're staying connected. Mm, so true. So true. And I love that his, he has so much grace and mercy for us and his mercies are renewed every morning for us. And, and we can, I, we can never, you know, we can never fail enough and we can never, um, be so far away that he won't come hold out his hand for us if we ask. And I just love that. So, Mm -hmm. so cool. So um, as we wrap up, could you give my listeners one piece of advice for going after a dream with all they have? What, what advice would you give? And I know you just gave some, so that was awesome too, but any other uh, specific things that you would want to share? I'd say, um, trust God, trust yourself. Um, cause he made you, you know, and if, you know, if he calls you to something, he, he will equip you, um, and carry, carry it through to fruition. Um, but don't allow, you know, seeming failures, like we mentioned earlier to derail you or discourage you. Um, I think that sometimes, you know, it takes those to, help us to grow into, um, who we need to be 
for when it when it will come together, if that makes any sense at all. But, uh, you know, it's like these things carve out our character and they um, carve out perseverance in us and carve out Christ likeness in us. And, you know, those things um, like in James it says count it a blessing when when you suffer trials, because, you know, God is teaching us perseverance and and he's doing his work in and through us so that we can look more like him. And so, um, you know, hang in there and know that those lessons are part of the process and God will bring beauty from those ashes. Um, in time, he always does because nothing is ever wasted. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing. Um, so if listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to find you? Oh, sure. So my website is um, inspiritusyoga.com. So inspiritusyoga.com. And um, my contact information is all available on, on that page. But I'm also on um, Facebook, Inspiritus Yoga, and um, YouTube, and also um, Instagram and under Inspiritus Yoga. Awesome. And if anyone's interested in the online retreats, are those available on your website to see when the next one is? Yes. And um, you just reminded me, I need to update my website. (laughs) (laughs) I went, oh yeah, I haven't updated the retreat portion of that, but yes. Um, And we have some, we just have some really fun stuff coming up. So um, if you go to even our training page, there's lots of workshops and things like that that are open to both students and yoga teachers or people who want want to become yoga teachers. So um, there's a lot of, you know, fun learning opportunities and um, workshops and things that that we are offering. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Don, this has been really fun. I've really enjoyed hearing your story. I know listeners did too. So thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing with us. Uh, thank you for having me. And I, I just appreciate um, you for what you're doing with this podcast and um, the ways in which you're sharing people's stories. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. This will make sure you have access to all future episodes so you don't miss any of them. If you resonated with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify as reviews are an important part of growing this podcast. If you have any friends or family who you think would enjoy this podcast, be sure to take a screenshot and share it with them. And if you're not a part of the free Mindful Mamas online community, consider joining us. It's a community built to provide support, mindset, and encouragement as you develop your gifting live intentionally, and go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to www.redhotmindset.com to check out the show notes and find the link to join the community. I hope you step into the fire with me each and every episode because I know you will come out stronger. That's all for now. Talk with you real soon. Bye, winner.